This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back in to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Seahawks insider Stacey Rost here with the guru, Jake Heaps. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll spoke at VMAC earlier today to take questions from reporters, recap uh, the win over the Bengals. We're going to take a listen to that right now. There was a, again, we came from behind a number of times and, and had to come up with the plays and, and uh, the calls and what, we, what was necessary, and we were able to get that done. And uh, we almost finished the way we like. We like finishing that last drive. You know, we gave them the ball with 20 seconds left in the game, and we like to just wrap that thing up right there. But a um, lot to learn, a lot to grow from. Uh, you know, we have uh, uh, a big challenge coming up, so we just turn our focus right away so, you know, to what's ahead. But, um, Anxious to hear what your questions are. Think of your uh, draft picks, <clears throat> debuts, well, they got penalized quite a few times. <laughs> uh, I think we had five penalties by rookies in the, in, in the game, which is, I don't want to say it's classic, but it's kind of classic, you know. <laughs> um, I was really, really fired up that uh, we got the ball to DK, and you could see why he's, why all of the uh, the interest and the focus has been there. Uh, he can really help us, and, and we're just getting him started, of course. But it was nice for him to come through, make some tough catches, and you know, guys hanging all over him and all that. Uh, you saw Russ go to him in some situations and all. Um, I thought the, uh, we really got good play on special teams from the young guys um, in particular. Um, they did all kinds of good stuff effort-wise and hustling and hitting and all that. It's, it's a really good class. It's going to be a really good group for us, and, and, uh, and we'll be looking to see what, how LJ can add into it in, in the upcoming weeks, maybe this week, maybe next week, whatever, and um, that'll just be even better. So what about Ugo playing the 20 or so snaps he did? Ugo. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Right. He he did. You know, he did fine. He got, did get banged up a little bit, but he uh, he came through and did what he had to do. And again, he he contributed also on teams. He was a gunner and did some really good stuff there. What did you think of the way Tedrick played, aside from the the, the misplay on the? Touchdown? I thought he overtried. He was trying so hard. He was flying around. He overran a few things, and and uh, you know, he just mistimed his, his jump on on the big play. Um, He'll play better. He, 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 it wasn't because he wasn't working hard or trying hard or knowing his assignments. He really was just going for it. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of have a tendency. We could talk guys into that a little bit, you know. Um, but he'll, he'll do better. How much of how he played Sunday was different than what you usually see in practice? Well, here's where we had the chance to finish the plays, you know, you're tackling in this game, you know, and, and so it is a little different. He overran a couple shots, just selling out on the hits, trying to make big hits when maybe it, there wasn't the right opportunity, just, you know, trying to go for it, which we appreciate. But um, you've got to clean up because we need to be more precise. Um, so a little different in that, in that regard. How seriously would you look at other options there, like Lado Hill, I guess? No, we're, we're playing ball. We're not talking about that. Seriously. Were you surprised that Chris ended up having the most targets for you during the day? I mean, you guys have talked about wanting to get the running backs more involved. But well, it worked out, you know. That's, it's something we it was part of the offseason to involve him and, and jumped out six catches. You know, that's a lot of catches for, for him. And uh, it's, it's clear why we're trying. You know, he, he made some nice plays um, running with the football. The touchdown play was a phenomenal run after catch. Um, you know, we're not talking about him, you know, lining up as a wide receiver to run post routes and digs and stuff like that. You know, we want to use him in classic fashion, you know, for the running back position and, and let him catch the ball with space and run and and uh, for obvious reasons. 
you were in base defense a lot with all three linebackers. Is that more reflective of just how much you like having those three guys out there or <clears throat> matchup stuff? Um, it's some of both, you know. We, we we like these guys on the field, you know. Um, Michael Kendricks is such a such a good guy in space, uh, coming off the edge. He's, he's effective, uh, good tackler in open field and all that. Good coverage guy, to adding with Bobby and KJ. So uh, we feel comfortable with those guys playing, and we can do a lot of stuff with them. Any updates on the injured guys, Nico, Kuna, and Will? Yeah, um, give him one at a time. Nico's got a, a hamstring that's got some concern to it, and there's something there. Um, Puna's got a little calf thing with some concern. We'll have to see how that one goes. Um, uh, Disley got banged on the knee. We'll see how he's doing. Getting around pretty good today. Um, and uh, Britt Brit got got kind of knocked, you know, too. I don't know if he's on on your list, but he got hit. we got to see how he does. Who else are you running about? Uh, you mentioned Hugo Amadi got Hugo. banged up. Yeah, yeah. He um, he got smacked pretty good. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah, so we got to see how that goes. Did Britt hit Will's knee, or was that different? Yeah, yeah. They ran, Will got no, Britt got knocked back, and, and Will ran into him, yeah. That's how it happened. It was a very unusual situation. Statline, 14 of 20, 196 yards, two touchdowns, didn't throw a lot of what he did, very efficient. Uh, I mean, is that kind of an ideal line for Seahawks football, run the ball? Yeah, we'll take we'll take whatever we get. We like the efficiency for sure. You know, that, those kinds of numbers. You know, Russ always takes care of the football beautifully, and and uh, that's where it starts. The high completion is always good. You know, I've you know you you know me talking about seventy percent. He can do that. He's capable of that. Um, and uh, we we like to you know we, we missed a couple opportunities down the field, you know for more yards and all. We we like more explosive plays. I guess I need in terms of volume as well. Like no, no, I don't have no marker on that. I don't care how many throws. But but when we do, we want big big efficiency numbers. When we look at the way the line played up front offensively for you, how did you feel it went? Obviously, a couple of good players. On Not team. as good as expected. We we thought we would come out uh, more efficient than that in, in run game and, and protection wise, and and really playing off the run game, uh, you know, would have helped us quite a bit. In, in the past actions and stuff like that, but um, they, they did a nice job. You know, they they were totally planned on us and, and did a really good job with their coaching. And I thought they had a good uh, a good thought in how they tried to, to work with us. But really, it was uh, it wasn't as good as we had hoped. And, and uh, we'll do quite a bit better. You used the word arrogant this morning. In, in what way? Yeah, just we we just stuck to it. I think we could have moved our stuff around a little bit more than we we didn't get to all of the stuff we wanted to do in the plan. We wanted to try to knock them off the football and see if we could get that done. So we stayed with it. But when with the limited amount of plays, I felt like you know we could have done we could have done better. With uh, a mild injury, is it true that Jamar Taylor's coming back? Oh, I don't know that yet. What's your concern of that position with Amadi and what else you have going on? That he might be hurt. You said coming in you wanted more of probably three linebackers, and that would suggest less nickel, and the numbers said you did less nickel. How did that work out? Well, it worked out that they didn't run the football at all, you know, in, in, in that <clears throat> with their extra receivers in the game. You know, we, we really played the run really well, which is what we were hoping to do. Um, they were satisfied, though, with throwing it, and they did a nice job of that. Um, we needed to play a little bit better on the back end, <clears throat> excuse me, on a couple explosives, and we would have had a pretty solid game. You know, we, um, they did a nice job, though. You know, they made, had a couple of really nice design things, and they came through and, and, and executed them well. Tyler didn't have a target until the fourth quarter. Is that just kind of the way the game We were went looking at it. We looked at him a number of times. We, we, the, the idea was to go there, and we just couldn't get there. 
We, we didn't forget he was out there. No, I know. But, but, but the idea that maybe they – he talked after the game about he, maybe he got double-covered more than he had previously in his career. And he said they, they got him a couple times. I'm not giving you very much today, am I? <laughs> Might be the question, guys. Did you catch it? What did think about the three-hour delay at the Huskies game? Did you hear about it? Did you experience it? I think we had a delay here. Did we have one with the Niners or something like that? 2013. Yeah, with, with the Niners. Yeah, we had one. Um, yeah, you know that, was, that that is extraordinarily challenging, but it is equal. You know, I, did the fans come back or what, what happened? Yeah, uh, you know, can't blame them for going home, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's it is something to plan for and to have a plan for. You know, because it, when it can pop up, it always surprises you and all that. Um, it's it's a challenge. It's a real challenge um, to be sitting in there waiting and not knowing because you don't even know when you're going back or if you are at all. And so mentally, it's 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 really challenging. And uh, you know, I don't I don't know how I don't, I don't know enough about that game. I didn't get to see the byline even on what happened. On I don't even know. But I know that you know, Cal got got ahead and stayed there. Um, but um, it is a challenge. It's very unusual. And uh, there is a plan though uh, that we have in mind when that comes up if it does. Shaquille made a bunch of plays on the ball. What did you think of his game? I thought he played really well. Yeah, I thought he played a really good football game. Tackling well as also. Um, I thought he was on it. Um, he was aggressive and confident. I, it's, it's as good as we've seen him. I think it was a great start for him. How about, how about Trey Jones? <clears throat> his game didn't come out the same. You know, he had uh, situations where, as like I've said earlier, I think, that uh, the coverage-wise, he had some different opportunities than, Sha- than Shaq had. And... Uh, and he, you know, he got two penalties on him that were both. He was all over the guy with great coverage and all that, and the call goes the other way, you know. And uh, so I don't, I don't think it was. He wasn't able to be as productive, you know, as, as Shaq did, was. And I hope that you know we'll see it, that happen on both sides. Four sacks on Russ. What issues did you see on those plays? Um, we got we got knocked off on, on on our play passes a little bit. We got knocked in the backfield a little bit more than we're we're counting on, and the penetration messed up the timing of the protection. And uh, it was a couple different guys that you know it wasn't any one guy the same. You know it was different guys that that had issues uh, with some pretty intricate finesse things that we do, and and uh, you know we just we we didn't execute as well because we got knocked back. And uh, it was good penetration by them, good attack by them, and. Um, and they were able to get to get an edge on us. Jefferson, a pretty good game, obviously. Yeah, he had a great game. He really did, and he was close to having even more more uh, production. He missed an opportunity on a sack and another another couple of plays. He was all over. Uh, we're thrilled by the, by the way he played. Um, He's uh, he's off to that kind of start uh, because he's worked so hard. He's really been at it and, and done a great job throughout the time he's been with us. And it's kind of like every now and then the guy gets to really reap the rewards of the hard work. And and uh, he really showed up in, in a big way. And we needed every bit of it. How did the clowning effect show up? Maybe beyond numbers? Like, yeah, there's there's two or three other plays in there where they they you know he drew a penalty one time on penetration. He was in in the face of the quarterback two different times. I think on on third down situations where the ball got thrown away. Um, he was a factor. Yeah, he was a good factor for his first time out, and, and you know he he knows he's as rusty as can be, and and uh, you know barely clinging to his, his the assignments that he was able to pick up, you know, and all that. But he did it, got through it, and uh, was pretty clean. Um, he'll be better if he can get over the soreness. <laughs> he's pretty sore today. 
what was the glitzy that ultimately made you guys pull back from yesterday? And- wasn't quite ready. So you know, just wasn't quite ready to to, to go. And uh, that was a classic. I've said to you guys before. You know, we're gonna wait until the next day, the day after. And it took us every day, all the way through uh, after the Wednesday and Thursday practice, and all the way to Friday, and and uh, to to get a good assessment. And he he was capable of of practicing, and he was you know, and he got through it. But um, he was having to hold back, and so it was just the right thing to do. Going back to Shaquille Griffin, and each player is different. Is there a certain amount of years a cornerback, two years, three years, where that guy really gets self-expressed power and able to really play? That? No, it can happen that way. Yeah, it, it happens differently for different guys you know, over the years. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's kind of like the quarterback. It's like any position you play it. After a while, things become the same, and you, you see things very clearly. And uh, you, the consistency of the game starts to show itself in your favor. And, and so you, you you gain confidence, and you gain timing, and you uh, you gain aggressive play and decision making, all that. Yeah, it, it does come. Yeah. Uh, J- Jerome Brown played a lot, but didn't get a, a target, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, was that just kind of how? the game laid out yeah yeah we, we love what he does and what he contributes and all that um but that it really was just how the game goes sometimes you know and we're counting on him making plays and, and, and doing stuff he's been he's been terrific for us when you look kind of at the offense as a whole i think there was like six possessions where you ended up losing yardage and so what ultimately just wasn't sticking up quite. well it's not that easy um but you know we wound up in five or six Third and sixteens or more, you know that's that's crazy bad football. You know you can't you can't uh, you can't function like that well. You know when we were in third and ten or less or whatever, we were four for seven on a third down conversion. That's where we're supposed to be playing our football. But but stuff added to the, the you know the, the those couple penalties and a couple sacks, and you're you're behind the stick so far that it's hard to overcome it. You know and and um, that's that's really what happened. There's not I, if it was that easy, I would just you know I would just fix that. You know put a little click click the button and away we go. Um, but. Uh, so we we have to be more consistent. We got to stay ahead of the sticks. We got to be more effective running the football on early downs. You know, when when we we didn't make much uh, with, in the running game early, uh, losing the drive in the in the first quarter screwed us up a little bit. You know, because we just we got antsy a little bit. Um, we had you know one drive and a couple plays, and we were into the second quarter already. You know, we hadn't accomplished much, so we didn't start quickly enough. But. Uh, but the the cool thing is, is we figured it out, and, and uh, we got down the field and made our plays, and, and uh, got enough to win, and, and defense held them off, and we got out. You know, so first game behind us. What is the plan with LJ, or the plan and hope with LJ and Mike? Uh, the, uh, yeah, Mike and, and LJ will both practice. Um, in the normal fashion coming back this week and we'll see what happens um lj had not taken any team reps yet in the practices last week uh, michael had a little bit and so mike's a little bit ahead of him so they're, they're not comparable at all in their own unique situations but but both guys have a chance uh you know to play this time around so we'll see how that goes and your decision to challenge on the tray pass interference i guess looking at that on film is that when you would do again or <laughs> well, the, um, I'm anxious to hear what they say when they when they look at it. You know, um, we'll send that one into them just because I, I like like to hear the evaluation. If they had a chance again, would they call it again? Not 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 whether they would. They won't. What I know is they're not going to reverse that one necessarily. You know, you got to be pretty lucky if they're going to reverse that call because it was so close. But um, I want to know how they evaluated the play and. Uh, 
That's it. Do you feel like, like you've seen enough of those, whether it's on your team or elsewhere, to have a good sense of what I don't know right. if I've seen enough to withhold my my sense that I want to challenge them. <laughs> but I do, I, yeah, we do have a good feel for how they're going to call them. Um, we don't have enough information yet to know you know, each kind of situation, you know. We haven't seen one like that necessarily. Um, there's, there's, we just need to see more uh, to ensure really how, how they're going to call it from New York. Um, but we have a real obvious sense. There was, I, I think I might have told you guys that I think 17% of the calls that were challenged have been changed, you know. So, you know, if you just roll with the percentage, you pretty much shouldn't do it, you know. It's got to be really obvious, obvious, you know. So, which is kind of what they're saying, egregious and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure what egregious means, but... Um, on not the play that we saw was not egregious. Maybe. Your thoughts on Antonio Brown ended up in New England? And- I think it's a great move for them. You know, he's really hungry to play football, and uh, he's, he, he works really hard, so he'll be ready to go. And uh, all they need is a few more uh, weapons in their offense, you know, so they can kind of get going a little bit and get started. You mentioned you guys were trying to get involved in that this morning. We're involved with everything. We've been telling you that for a long time, and we, we, we seriously mean we're trying to know what's going on with every opportunity to get better. And if we miss one of those, we messed up. So uh, we, we didn't know what was going on in that one. Out. He's going to New England. <laughs> <laughs> any, any suggestions for uh, USC athletic director? No, no suggestions for that. I just heard that news. I don't, I don't know anything about what's going on. But I, I have to ask this fan, ask, why would you even entertain signing Antonio Brown? Who said we did? You kicked the tire. Or you well, we just, we just, we were in on the situation. We knew exactly what was going on. That's that's what we needed to know. And um, why wouldn't you? You know, he's a great player. Let's see what, what's going on. You know, not everything is always as it seems. And you got to check into stuff and figure out what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I have confidence in John and our guys and, and, and ourselves as coaches that we can figure those things out and uh, see what's best. I don't mind getting real close to the edge of it and, and figuring it out. And, um, he was headed to New England. He was going. We'll get into a few of those injury updates in just a second, but I think the question of whether or not the Seahawks are being stubborn with the run is going to continue to follow this team pretty much all season. Yeah, we talk about that word adaptable, right? right. And and they, in their own words, they used evolution, right? This offense is going to see evolution. And the reason why you... Feels like a Zoolander moment. <laughs> going to evolutionize. That's right. Uh uh, I just had that visual. Uh, it's a pretty good one. Um, so I, I think I think when you look at that, Stacy, it really comes back to the fact that okay, why do you need to evolve? Why can't you just do the same thing that you did the last year? Well, it's because defensive coordinators and opposing teams get paid too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's their job to figure out why why you were so successful last year and how what what can they do to stop it? See, that's what I'm wondering. Like, can you continue to have? Because when you think about some of the pieces that were strongest for you, Chris Carson played all of four games before he had a 1,000 plus yard season for you last year. So you, I mean, now people have a year of looking at that offense. You're you're absolutely right, and that's the part where it, it is going to be interesting to see this team move forward. And one. The offensive line play has to improve. I expect it to improve yeah. uh, without a doubt. Um, on the other side of it, too, is just their approach. Can they evolve? Can they adapt within a given game? And knowing that, hey, our, our protection isn't there. We're not going to be able to do our normal deep play-action pass stuff that we like to do. That's been our bread and butter. Do we have something else to dip into? Do we have 
a quick game? Do we have an intermediate pass game that that we can attack and use uh, to get them off their heels and, and or on their heels and and make sure that uh, we're we're changing mm-hmm. the tempo, we're changing the pace because really all they did was continue to to bang their head against the wall and fit into exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals wanted them to do until later on in the game when finally they got Russell Wilson outside the pocket right. and put it and had Tyler Lockett on a double move for a nice touchdown. They finally did something outside of the traditional form of what they were doing that wasn't working. So that's where you wonder if this is going to be a consistent theme again through the year or a question because obviously it cost them a playoff game last year and hopefully that we're not having these types of questions moving forward that this week one, it's a week one, sometimes funky things happen and you just need to get through this week to be able to kind of take a deep breath and move forward. So that's something that we should definitely keep an eye on, Stacey. And one of the things that I think is very prevalent and something that can be concerning is all the injury updates and, and kind of how Pete Carroll talked about and mm-hmm. the tone of in which he talked about about certain players. So, uh, Stacey, obviously you were you were dialed into that uh, press conference. So what, what do you take away yeah. about the injury report? So just a quick rundown. Uh, you've got Will Disley with a knee injury, and that's to the same uh, leg that he had the patellar tendon rupture. Um, I don't know that it's related. It's, I'm sure it's not because Pete Carroll said he was walking around today. So that sounds like it's surprisingly less serious than we thought it was. Okay, good. Puna Ford with a calf injury uh, and Nico Thorpe with a hamstring both sound uh, more concerning. Okay. Usually Pete Carroll, we all know, is one of the more optimistic coaches. If something is great, he's like, ah, he's dying to get out there. It'll be soon. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. And if uh, if it's really bad, he'll just say legit. Or uh, not too good. So just just be wary of those two. Ugo Amadi with a shoulder, Justin Britt with a knee um, are the big ones coming out of this game. Obviously, that Justin Britt one, pretty concerning. He did re-enter the game, so he injured that knee pretty early in the game. Managed to come back out. I'm sure that played into, factored into his play for that day. Um, Ugo Amadi with a shoulder, not great, combined with Nico Thorpe. Yeah, I mean, Nico Thorpe obviously being your special teams captain, being you know the reason why he is, has made this team and, and being so effective in that role that he plays for the Seahawks would definitely be a big blow, especially since you have so many rookies that are taking on new responsibilities for your special teams. Uh, so you're asking those guys to, to step up even more. Uh, Ugo Amadi, it was it was great to see him out there at nickel corner. I thought he did a I thought he did a pretty good job out there. There wasn't a big enough sample size mm-hmm. to really gauge how his performance was going. Gave up one you know big play over the middle, but I, I thought he had it well defended. It was more of just a better route and a better throw than anything else. And outside of that, he he played well. It's just unfortunate to see him you know uh, suffer this type of injury, and it has to be significant because they signed Jamar Taylor. Uh, today. Spoiler alert, Jake. So I think, what was that? <laughs> we'll get into that no. for Big If True. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, no sorry. one listening has heard that news yet, Jake. Whoops. Well, now you have. I, I think that's I think that's a big response to that. And, yeah. and, and you look at this moving forward for, for them, I, I just really see – you know the secondary getting beat up, and that's that's not a good thing. And and for Justin Britt, I mean, when he came out of the game, Stacey, yeah. it did not look pretty with Eason Posick at center. Yeah, uh, and it led to a a sack um, in a big moment. And and so hopefully Justin Britt can find his way back onto the field. I think just listening to the way Carol was speaking about them, Nico Thorpe might be 
most serious out of all of these. Uh, it's tough. I think by now uh, you would have expected just a bit more news about these. Um, there's just not many updates, which tells me, at least in my experience, that they're waiting to see how serious they are, that some of these are things that they're going to just see how they, literally how they respond the next And day. typically, Stacey, and in, in, you know, your, your years covering this team, how, when do they typically get those answers, you know, in the given week? Is it tomorrow? Is it the next day? Well, if day? it's like a season-ending thing, you learn pretty quickly. Okay. Like at the post-game press conference when he's asked about it. If it is something that ends a season that's obvious, right? Like you mm-hmm. think Jimmy Graham with his patellar tendon, he told us in the post-game press conference, yep, his season's done. Right. I mean, you have to ask about it. Like they're not going to offer it, but um, that uh, – like those stuff are very obvious. Yeah. So all the all the X rays have been done. MRIs are typically done at this point in time. Yeah. He was waiting on uh, MRIs for I think this morning. He was said he was still waiting on Nico Thorpe. So it sounds like um, if they got that back, there may be something that they found there that they aren't too pleased about. He kind of hinted at that. Said there's something there. So I don't know. Right. Like all of this at this point is just us guessing, but. Uh, For a pretty optimistic coach, obviously not great news. I think it's also not great news that uh, a couple of these injuries are where you need help the most. Puna Ford on your defensive line was expected to have a really big year. Um, You know, hopefully for Seahawks fans, that doesn't take him too long to come back from. Um, Nico Thorpe, like you said, huge on special teams, your special team captain. And then Ugo Amadi was, you know, your starter at nickel corner. So um, the Seahawks have reportedly... Brought someone in to help there. I'll tell you who that is next. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. Seahawks insider Stacey Rost here with Jake Heaps. Oh, man. It's been a long day, Jake. Has it? It's been a long day. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, there there was a lot going on. I mean, uh, you know, your alma mater suffered a horrible loss at one thirty in the morning. It. UW, uh, that that was tough. That was bad. And uh, that was really you know, bad. Seahawks obviously with their win, it is a win. Stacy, people in Seattle need to remember your team is one and. I oh. think that's why I'm so apologetic when I'm talking about the game today. Is I keep feeling like I'm accusing them of losing when they won, but there <laughs> are just a lot of questions coming out of it. As there are questions coming out of any week one game, but they're unexpected questions. They're questions I wasn't Certainly. expecting to have. Well, well, especially especially when you're talking about your offensive line. You're talking about a group that you thought was going to be your focal point, your unit that you could rely on and kind of be your cowbell for you. The fact that uh, uh, you know uh, you weren't able to get Chris Carson going in the running game because of your offensive line, I think, is frustrating. And the way that your passing game is built off of your running game, it just really limited what you were able to do. So uh, a big surprise when it comes to that, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration is because outside of that, Stacey, you won in the turnover margin, right? Right. You you were great in the red zone on offense. You were great in the red zone on defense. Uh, when, you know, outside of, uh, you know, the fact that you gave up 400 yards passing, you really shut this this Cincinnati Bengals rushing attack completely down. I thought the front seven did an amazing job in the run game. Um, and, you, you know, in the passing game, I think what really was the combination of the offensive line looking as bad as it did mm-hmm. and seeing Tedrick Thompson's 
you know, big miss at at the at the end of the first half. Yeah. I think kind of culminated into this big frustration uh, for Seahawk fans. And but when you really look at it, I think there were there were more positives than negatives. Certainly, things that have to clean up mm-hmm. if if this is going to be a playoff team because you're heading into a stretch. You're going to play against Pittsburgh. You're going to play uh, New Orleans. You're going to play against Atlanta, uh, Cleveland. Uh, you know, you're going to face the Rams. You're, you're going to have a stretch here that it, yes, you're going to find out very, very quickly if this team is legit or not. And they might have just gotten some veteran help, which brings us to today's Big If True. This can't be happening! Big. You can't be serious, man. If. Did, did he, he say, say that? that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious! Today's Big If True is brought to us by NFL Network's Mike Garofalo. He says the Seahawks, Seahawks have re-signed cornerback Jamar Taylor just one week after releasing him. Taylor was one of several cuts made by the Seahawks in their effort to trim down to a 53-man roster last Saturday. Uh, the 28-year-old defensive back was originally signed in May, just one day after the team added Ziggy Ansah. And he was actually one of my surprise cuts. Not the biggest surprise. That was Drawn Brown. Obviously, Seattle re-added him. But I was expecting Jamar Taylor to win out with that nickel spot. Um, before the Chargers game in week three of the preseason, he was kind of assumed to be the starter there. And then with Ugo Amadi kind of battling behind him. Um, but again, among their cuts. Uh, so so I don't know if this is one of the kind of what I expected with Deshaun Shedd, right? That they would um, release him and then re-sign him yeah. uh, under a a deal that would guarantee him only 25% rather than the full guarantee as a vested veteran. Yes. Um, so I don't know if this is like that, you know, one of those deals where they're bringing back a veteran on a new deal, or if this is something that might hint at some some concerns about those injuries in the secondary. Well, I, I would think that this really speaks to, after we listen to that Pete Carroll press conference, that you, you look at the two injuries uh, into your secondary of Ugo Amadi and Nico Thorpe, it really draws some major questions. And the way that he talked about Ugo Amadi, it definitely did not excite you. Obviously, you have to remember that the Seahawks uh, traded for uh, Perry Nickerson from the from the Jets for a seventh-round pick, and he's a guy who plays nickel corner. You're, you're wondering about how quickly he can be ready to go, how quickly they can start uh, involving him into the defense and getting him in the mix. But with this Jamar Taylor signing, I think that that means that Ugo Amadi's, you know, uh, injury is a little bit more significant, mm-hmm. and and that you know Jamar Taylor is going to be your starting nickel corner heading into this next week. Uh, it really, after that, it, it, you you wonder about this depth in terms of what is the next move that will be made if indeed Nico Thorpe is out for a significant amount of time along with Ugo Amadi, because if they are you would fully expect a Deshaun Shedd to oh, be, yeah. be signed back. He would be a great, great piece to add to the secondary. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming days, as I'm sure as the Seahawks are trying to learn exactly where those injuries stand. Did you like what you saw from Jamar Taylor in camp? I, I remember I there did. being quite a few plays that were surprising people. I did, I did. I, I thought that Jamar Taylor played well. Um, I, I think that he didn't have any splash plays, Stacy. that really, really stood out to me. He had one uh, interception during the preseason that was pretty good early on. Uh, but outside of that, I, I think he just, more than anything, played his assignment very well. I thought he was a solid choice. Uh, if we know anything about the Seahawks, they 
want to invest in young people. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a 28-year-old in Jamar Taylor, a veteran in this league, versus an Ugo Amadi who has shown promise, they want to develop an Ugo Amadi versus Jamar Taylor. So I I think that that's why they ended up going with him because when you just look at uh, the play itself, I thought Jamar Taylor had won that job. Mm -hmm. So it's comforting to know that you're bringing back a guy who didn't just – lose a job it was more so that they wanted to invest in a different player right uh and so i I think jamar taylor coming back is going to be a good thing for them but the one thing that stood out which will be interesting is if jamar taylor is playing nickel how much will they be playing nickel personnel versus base personnel keeping all three linebackers on the field because when ugo amadi went down that's certainly what they did Mm -hmm. and you can't tell if it was a personnel decision, hey, our nickel cornerback is down. We don't have anybody to replace him. So they had to keep three linebackers on the field, or if that's what they did by choice. Certainly Michael Kendricks did a great job. I thought he played very, very well, you know, holding it down uh, as essentially your nickel nickel corner in some, in some spots. And so uh, having Bobby Wagner, uh, K.J. Wright, Michael Kendricks on the field I think is is very difficult for opposing defenses. And I mean, but even then, it was certainly noticeable. I feel like nickel is more the norm than not now. So, I mean, after a while, you are noticing that like, oh, maybe they they would have liked to switch this out. I have to think they would have liked to use more of it. Yeah, I, there, there's no doubt. I, I think you would too. And, uh, you know, the 206 says, I'll tell you this, after watching yesterday's game, I miss Sherman and Earl. We're, we made uh, Dalton look like the GOAT. Look, uh, yeah, we we would Granted, love, we would love both to have Sherman and Earl got uh, interceptions yesterday. Yeah, but yeah, Earl had a great interception. Sherman got a pick six. Look, Sherman to me was one. That was a decision that I thought was, uh, you know, a decision that was probably the right move moving forward for this team uh, culturally and just also financially. Um, but when you look at Earl Thomas, that's the one that is just so difficult. <laughs> it's so difficult to you know, walk away from Earl Thomas. Obviously, his contract was way bigger than what the Seahawks were willing to pay for him. But not having that guy rowing the back end mm-hmm. of this defense certainly is a factor, certainly is something that this team is trying to get over, and they just simply have not found the answer yet. No, um, They're waiting for someone to you know, step up and, and play in, in that role. Bradley McDougald has, has done a fantastic job in doing that. Uh, but uh, when you look at this group, that's why you wonder, how is the secondary going to respond moving forward? Are the cornerbacks going to going to uh, raise their level of play. Shaq had moments. Uh, Trey Flowers struggled. Uh, and is Lano Hill or Marquise Blair going to be that guy next to Bradley McDougal? Because what we saw uh, in week one just simply wasn't good enough. No, and it's something we're going to be keeping an eye on all season, particularly if Earl Thomas continues to excel in Baltimore. We've got Ask Us Anything next. So text those questions to the Coors Light text line at 710-710. That's next on Seattle Sports at Night. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. I'm Stacy Rost. He's Jake Heaps. As a reminder, you can text your questions in for this segment, Ask Us Anything, to the Coors Light text line at 710-710. Jake, are you ready? I, I have some good ones. I think I'm ready. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to start with just kind of a wrap-up overall of our Seahawks conversation. What's your final record prediction, and did it change after week one? No, I still think I mean, if it changes after week it, one, is it yeah, kind of a cop-out? I mean, it, well, it's not a cop-out. It's just you have no fortitude. 
That's me. You have no fortitude. You're no. overreaction no, Monday, Stacy. No. Overreaction. Ugh. Okay? It's week one. Things happen. They'll get it fixed. They'll get it corrected. I still stand by this team as 11-5, and five and they win the division. Wow. Okay, okay. Um, what's something people think makes them look cool but actually has the opposite effect? Transition lenses. That's not part of the question. That's my immediate answer. I know it exactly. I know what I feel. And it's not like a dig. I mean, if you have transition lenses, that's cool. My stepdad does. Um, I have a friend that does. Nothing do you, wrong with them. Do you them. think that people really genuinely think they look cool? Or is yes. it out of necessity? Uh, Bruce Arians cool? wears them. I think that Bruce Arians thinks they look cool. A thousand percent. No doubt in my mind. What about you? What's something or what's something stylish where you're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I would say that I would say the t-shirt, I would say the t-shirt that's like far too long. Like the long tee. Oh, a tall tee? No, not a tall tee, but the in style, you know, kind of the V-neck shirt that really goes long. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. You know what I mean? That's like right on your. And it's not flattering on anyone because it just makes your legs look like a foot long yeah I, I don't understand that style for guys right now i don't know why that's in yeah there was a lot of stuff that was in when i was in uh middle school and early high school that was just bad like i know the 90s are making a comeback but the 90s are cool i'm fine with it nothing wrong with acid wash jeans and chokers and whatever there, there, else there in the is 90s. no there's not jake yes, but there is something very wrong with like a velour tracksuit i don't ever want that to come back <laughs> uggs i don't want uggs to come back they were comfortable <laughs> I don't want them to come back. They're so comfortable. Um, what famous person do you dislike for an extremely petty reason? Uh, do you have an answer? I have one, but I'm going to let go, you go first. Go for it. No, Are I, you sure? I, yeah, you need to um, go first. Mine is Taylor Swift. Not on a personal level, but I remember not liking her when she would always make the bad person in her videos a brunette. Mm. And See, I remember thinking, that's mean. Well, for Because the- that's petty. That's pettiness, that 101. Is, that is petty, but, you know, her... I for she used to be someone that uh, I, I mean after so many times how when you win an award how many times can you act shocked right it, in the early part of her you know career she acted like it, she never expected it would happen yes clearly she was every the one single that, time it was like what me you did you don't honestly think that you were a no. upset to win this award no. so get over it so that that one really bothered me um, I would say. I don't know. It's kind of a random thought. It's not really someone that's that okay. I, that's I don't like him for a petty for. reason. But uh, Ben Affleck for trying to play Batman and doing it horribly that wrong. That is a petty reason. Horribly wrong, Ben Affleck. After we had Christian Bale, who put who on the greatest it. Batman performance of all time. With one of the we best movies of all time. We were to Ben Affleck. Give me a break. Did, was that Batman versus Superman? I didn't even watch it. Yes. I just don't... Um, just you know what why? is interesting is Batman in the comics is supposed to be this very tall, imposing person, but none of the the Batman actors, with the exception of Ben Affleck, have been over six feet tall. Really? Yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Well, that just goes to show Hollywood. They they, they figure it out. <laughs> I wish you would edit. They deceive. Just goes to show you Hollywood, <laughs> bunch of liars. Um, what's something small that makes you immediately panic? Spiders. Yeah, hundred thousand percent. Hundred percent. And you know what makes me panic even more is like when they're in the middle of the wall, they just never can be in the middle of the wall no. for you. They have to be up in the corner. Yep. Up by the ceiling, 
up on the side of the wall where it's just that one spot where it's the most difficult to try and get them with a with a tissue paper. Yeah. And that's where I struggle the and most. And no matter what, they know that you're you they know you're trying. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I have a 80, 70 to eighty percent miss rate when Which it's when really it's in bad. that corner. Yes, it's, it's concerning. Re- very bad and, I'm and Brooke, for Brooke every time freaks out and just gets so mad at me. Actually, she just laughs too. at me. When the spider's there, she just laughs at me like, yep, go, go ahead and try. We do know what's going to happen. Brooke, it would be able to do it herself, but sometimes it's just kind of, she's, oh, she just wants to see it. She's like, let's zero, see him try. There's zero doubt. There's let's zero see. doubt that she could do it <laughs> 10 times better than me. She could do it every time, but she just wants to see me fail at it. Uh, what do people willingly spend way too much money on? Willing to spend way too much money on Willingly do it. I, I think just clothes in general. I think people are, are willing to like spend... Like specifically designer? Or do you mean like yes. you don't need a lot of clothes? Yeah, designer. I, I think that, you know people spend way too much in designer clothes. Yeah, I agree What's, with that. And I'll say sometimes... You can, you can sometimes, get a really good pair of jeans for a, not a whole lot. Well, and sometimes designer clothes are... Like those shoes that are purposely destroyed. People pay a lot of money to look like they can't afford something. And I don't mean that in like, like I can't afford those things, but why would you spend that much money on a pair of like destroyed, fake, dirty shoes? I don't get it. I don't know. It, it beats me. I have destroyed denim. That's different they. They to have me. way more style than I do. That's that's for sure. Um, I just got a haircut, so <laughs> we're still talking about it. It's important, Jake. Um, uh, I'm going to say concert tickets, which I feel like makes That's me sound not one. very cultured, but it is wild to me that people spend like 500 to $1,500 to see someone for one night in concert. Yeah, that is pretty insane. Like, think of what you could get with all of that. Think of all the designer clothing you could get. <laughs> you can get at least Actually, one probably not that much. Probably not a ton. Um, what are some man problems that women wouldn't really understand unless we were men? Um, probably... Like, what's something you have a hard time explaining? When Brooke is like, what are you talking about? And you're like, no, listen to me. Mm. Trust me, this matters. I don't know, but I, I would say something that I don't talk about much is probably beard envy. Like, That's beard games one. have come into, uh, you know, style for men in a big way over the last, like, four years. And I don't grow in a great beard. So, I, I do have beard envy. Yeah, that's At something, times. it took me a long time to figure out that that was a thing. It sounds really stupid, but I didn't know that, that It's some not people, stupid, it is stupid. No, well, I didn't know that some guys, you know, like maybe your beard grows unevenly or you're like, I can't grow facial hair. I never understood beard envy. I was always like, why don't you grow a beard? Yeah. You well, really like his. Yeah, because you can't. Um, What's the worst pickup line? The worst pickup line? Yeah. What's the worst pickup line that you have received? There's got to be some doozies. Mm, I think most of what I get, it's not necessarily a pickup line. I think it's mostly just the minute they find out you work in sports. Uh, I know everyone says they always quiz you, but that really is. Like, the the reaction of people that find out you work in sports is like, really? Like, what do you do there? Why are you there? How did you get there? Yeah. It's surprising to me because I... Like, all of a sudden, they're just so fascinated that it... That yeah, or I've, I had someone say good for you once. 
which I didn't know how to take it. I was like, is this a genuine compliment? Are you saying, like, good for you for following your dreams? Or are you saying, like, oh, good for you? Good for you. (laughs) Just condescending? Yeah. Um, What's something... Oh, I, I like this question. What can you not believe you had to explain to a fully grown adult? What is something... You can't believe you had to explain it to an adult. That's a tough one. You got to you got to think about it. You got to have one. Hmm. Maybe maybe the fact that like I didn't know that my life was going to consume of you know like kid shows. Like yeah. got into a conversation about you know, a kid show, uh, you know, that Jackson watches it and just trying to explain to people like, you know, kind of the dynamics of what that show's like and how it's actually kind of a good show. Now you should really give it a chance. And I'm talking to an adult about this. It's like, wait a second. Like, no, 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 no. Like, what? they're never going to watch this. No. This is a kid show. What? I actually think you've recommended one of them to me and Curtis before. I, I probably did. That's my life. It's I, Ninja Turtles and Transformers. That's you know, That's what I'm doing right now. Um. Oh my God, my friend's gonna hate me for this. I'm gonna say it. I, I think Do I might it. have told you this before. Oh man, I already feel really bad. She's not listening. Uh, my best friend in the whole world, whom I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually she's really smart, but she's someone that just automatically okay. hold says on, hold things. on. Anytime you have to preface, no, it I know, with, but I feel like I feel smart. like that's important to say. She is really smart. Okay. Um, but she just sometimes she just like talks without thinking. Sure. Yeah. You know, like she'll just say the first thing that comes to her mind. So we were all walking. We were all in a group. This was in college, and we were walking down the street, and she looks over at this sign, and she's like, "What's a patch?" And I was like, what? And I look over, and the word that she's trying to send a sound yeah. out is PhD. Oh. <laughs> and it's a sign advertising, like, some doctor's office. What? And it was, you know, obviously their name, comma, PhD. Oh, my gosh. It was a moment are in you, history. Are you kidding? Like, she wasn't, you know, under the influence of anything. No. No. I think it's just... Wow. It's just, you know, sometimes there are things that, like, uh, think of, like, a word escaping you. Like, one time. Yeah, I, one, one I, time one time when I looked at Des Moines, I, I said Desmones. Like, I pronounced <laughs> it Desmones. Well, no, but, in, but uh, in Washington, isn't it Des Moines? Yes, it's Des Moines. Yeah. Yeah, it's also Des Moines in Des Iowa Moines. as well. Desmones. <laughs> it sounds like a fancy restaurant. Sure, yeah. It'd be like sport coat only, like you, you yeah, cannot I, come in without I, one. I, threw, I, I can't remember how long ago that was, but I threw that out there and someone was like, wait, what? what? Where are you talking about? I did that reading out the ingredients. You know, it's in a, between Federal Way and Yeah, Des Moines. Des like, Moines. you haven't been there before? They have the waterfront. <laughs> the Des, that's what I call it. I was reading out uh, ingredients on a, on a salad dressing bottle, and to be fair, sometimes it was like you know, a, a main brand. So sometimes they have weird ingredients in there that I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. And I read it as on hyphen next line ions. It was onions. Oh, nice. We all do it. There you go. It happens. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm CX Insider Stacy Ross. He's Jake Heaps, not from Des Moines, but a fan of Des Moines. Yes. Big fan. Big fan. This is Seattle Sports at Night.